This episode is brought to you by Simply Photos, LLC, photographers serving central Indiana. Check them out on the web at www.simplyphotos46123.com. All right, everybody. Today's episode, we are welcoming Brad Harder, color analyst, Wish TV with Indy 11, and also the head coach of men's soccer at DePaul University. Welcome, Brad. Hey, thank you. Excited no. to be here. Uh, thank you for actually uh, saying you would come on the podcast. So that leads me to my very first question. Why this podcast? Uh, you know, I think the India 11 from day one have done a really good job of building community in the state. Um, and I think the fans have connected well with the team. And I, I do think that it's important to have a conversation that continues between game day. So, you know, your podcast, Soccer Saturday, Twitter, Facebook, all of those ways allow us as fans of the game and fans of Indy 11 to stay connected and, and continue conversations between matches. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say that because we've received almost those exact comments through our email, through our Twitter account. Uh, we now have a website up and running. Uh, where we're just constantly adding content because the Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday is great, but what do we do those days in between? What can we do to keep the momentum, keep the fans engaged um, and bring new fans to the game? Right. Obviously I, it's I, about I, putting people in the seats. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, there was a, a time when I was a player and I remember it was like my second or third year. And I talked about at the end of the season, I, I talked to our trainer and I said, you know, I just get into this depression at the end of the season. I just get sad. And she's like, you know, the adrenaline, the competition, all of that stuff ends on a certain date. And players do struggle with that because you're living kind of in this, in this high adrenaline competition world. And I find the same thing now as a fan of Indy 11 that after Saturday, it's like, please tell me there's a game on Wednesday because I can't be disconnected for seven complete days. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, the last game we played at the mic, I looked at the schedule and said, "You are you kidding me? Come on, we need something. This give me something. I'm itching. It's like an addict. No, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because my son uh, went and did some goalkeeper training. He's a keeper too, Brad. By the way. Oh um, boy. Yeah, he went Saturday. He's he's a U13 player. Went up and did some goalkeeper training Saturday morning. As soon as we jumped in the car. I flipped over to 107.5, turned on Soccer Saturday, and I caught Jordan talking to Greg. And I'm like, okay, good. We've got something to talk about. But then my son goes, Dad, no game tonight? And I'm like, no, dude, kind of a bummer. He goes, yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> and Tom, especially Tom, he's over in the UK, Brad, right. and this guy's watching this stuff uh, YouTube, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah. So I had, I had an early night this weekend for once, actually. So it's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's something, there's something, there's a whole nother conversation. I think I saw it or, or heard it when I listened to the first podcast, um, how you got connected to Indy 11. That's just nuts. That's awesome though. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. that's, that is a great story. And I think uh, everybody that I've talked to in the community has been super, super um, just nice to Tom saying, Hey man, if you ever make it to the U S he's got a place to stay, we're going to feed him. We'll definitely get him tickets, um, maybe get him to do a cheers indie, you know, before the game, those types of things where 
the battalions reached out, everybody. Matter of fact, you got your jersey last week, didn't you, Tom? Yes, yeah, finally come through last week, yeah. Come on, Tommy, let's <laughs> set that date. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you over here, bud. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. That a would be... Fun, a little fun fact before we get started. Yeah. Um, Scott, you were a goalkeeper? I was all the way through high school. I was actually a funny story, Brad. Um, I joined the army out of high school and back in the eighties, uh, we had an army soccer team at Fort Riley, the first infantry division played keeper there, um, was actually invited to go play all army at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Uh, but my company commander squashed that idea. He said I was miss- mission essential, which I will never understand to this day. Um, so that was the end of my soccer career. And my son picked it up at the age of four, just started playing the local Y, you know, soccer deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Started playing with the local club over here, Westside United. His first game at the age of six, he took one right off the kisser, got up, shook it off. I looked at my wife and I said, we got to keep her. Love it. Well, a couple of things with that. One, my son played with Westside that has a different connection for us. Um, we're both keepers. Uh, thank you for your service, too. I think that that's oh. awesome. It was a, a career path I always envisioned. And had I not gone the soccer route, I think I would have gone military. But what's really interesting, when I started my coaching career in Barrington, Illinois, uh, our goalkeeper was named Scott Pachorek. No. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, that's it. And that's the end of this episode, folks. My day has just been made. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Oh, he was awesome. I think he went on to play at Tulsa or somewhere, you know, in that that conference or somewhere in that area. But he was awesome. And, you know, as a goalkeeper coming right out of college and work, it was Barrington, Illinois. It was Barrington High School that I was the, the junior varsity coach with. That's where you know, I, I got my start. He was unreal. And I was like, holy smokes, this kid's this kid's going places. Wow. I got to Now I have I have more homework to do, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that Petroic gene, because there's not too many of us, obviously. There's a big population in Chicago, a big Polish population. And you said the name right. So that even tells me, yeah, you're not fibbing on that story, obviously. <laughs> uh, but it's funny because, yeah, my son he's an animal and it's just like he lives, breathes, eats the stuff. I mean, that's just what he does. And that is a, that is an absolutely interesting story, Brad. So I've got some homework to do now. Yeah. Here we go too. five years from now. Your son needs to be looking at DePaul. I don't care what he wants to study. Let's well, get him looking at the tigers. Well, here, here's the funny thing. He did the Butler camp this summer. Cause it was the local camp. Um, next year we may look, you know, coming out to your camp at DePaul, we're always looking and our mentality is with him, and he loves it too. Whenever he can touch the ball, he's happy. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you take a look at where we're at geographically with IU, Butler, Notre Dame, Snape, Yeagley. I mean, you look at the coaches, you look at the programs in this state, and a kid can't go wrong if he stays in state. Absolutely. I, I agree. Tom, I know you're kind of sitting there going, yeah, in the UK, but yeah, <laughs> Indiana's got quite a, uh, quite a, a, a nice foundation for soccer. Yeah. You'll see when you get here, Tom, all you got to do, you just let me know. I'll pick you up at the airport, brother. Oh, excellent. Tom. It just keeps getting better. You can't, you can't say no now. 
<laughs> you cannot say no now. There is absolutely no reason for you to ever say no to coming to the U.S. Uh, so let's let's talk Indy 11. Let, let's talk first half of the season. Um, I think we all as fans can say, okay, it's the first half. Let's forget it. Um, things happen. You know, head coach got let go. We have an interim coach. Team is, is struggling to find an identity. I think there's some struggles going on there, trying to find out exactly who we are, what we're going to do, what kind of soccer we're going to play. Right. But with that being said, we've got three players coming back. We got Jordan's coming back, Hack's coming back, and Hayworth's coming back, if I saw that correctly. Yeah. Right. Uh, that bodes well for the team. Brad, from your perspective, because you obviously see it from a color analyst perspective, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I, for, let me put it through the lens of who I am as a person. I'm an optimist. So I'm always uh, of the belief that we're okay. Things are going to things are going to be okay. So um, when you look at the first half of the season, my, um, as, as a fan, as an analyst says, it's, it's disappointing, it's underachieving, it, it didn't meet my expectations. Um, but when you look at, all you have to do is go back to last season, you go back to the last time, there was this unbelievable run that Indy 11 had all the way up until August. And then it was almost like, the, the wheels came off the bus and, you know, wound up needing to get results against St. Louis at the very end just to make the playoffs. And, and it didn't happen. And you, you looked at where things were in late July and early August. And you thought, oh, my goodness, we're, this is this is the year. And we're almost in the mirror image of that where the front part of the season season did not go as expected, did not meet expectations, didn't go as planned. But. You know, you talk about Jordan, Carl, Neville coming back. Is that the spark that can make the second half of the season the inverse to that last run where everything starts falling into place and this team starts uh, meeting the expectations of the fan base, the front office, um, the players, the coaching staff, and does something that's pretty cool? Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask Brad what, obviously, what his thoughts were on the on the coaching change. Obviously, because I remember watching watching that watching that last game there, and obviously, Ren, uh, Martin Rennie gave his interview to to Brad and Greg, and, and pretty much said on on air that he was gonna reconsider his position there and like speak to the owner the following day. So. Yeah, so you saw that because I thought that was just on the local broadcast because there's yeah. a lot of people that were watching on ESPN Plus that didn't get that part of the interview. Yeah, no, I, I didn't watch it live. No, uh, it was, wasn't long after uh, one of the other guys who I speak to on Twitter emailed us the, uh, sorry, messaged us the link to watch uh -huh. to watch it afterwards. I didn't watch it live, no. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, it caught us off guard. I mean, it was, and I've never been yeah. in an interview or a situation where there's almost a resignation or a, a, a massive announcement like that. Um, you know, usually things of that magnitude go through screening processes and public relations and messaging, and, and it all comes out buttoned down and pretty clean. And, and this one didn't. Um, and it was unique in that capacity 
but it was also pretty cool in that capacity. I think there was a couple things with it, you know, from the time that Indy beat Louisville in Louisville, I don't know what happened at that point, but from that point on, it just felt dysfunctional. The body language of the players, the body language of the players and the coaches, everything felt a little bit off. And when Martin was in that post-game interview, it yeah. almost felt like he was relieved, like he was at peace and he was comfortable with it. And I don't know if it was preordained from the front office, if it was Martin's decision, whatever it was, it just felt comfortable um, for him. And, you know, the results on the field immediately after are typically what happens after a coaching change. There's just kind of a shakeup, a, a new energy, a new vibe. And, you know, whether you earn a victory because you're, you're the better team or you're more talented, sometimes you grab that victory because everybody's kind of on blast because <laughs> in, the, in the front office. So it was, um, it, it was really an interesting time and I don't know that the dust has completely settled on that, but I think we're at the point where whatever that next iteration and version of, the, of um, Indy 11 soccer is, I think that's what we're going to see here in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that, like you said, and plus we've got those three players coming back. And, you know, we've said it every episode. Hack is an integral part of this team. There's no way around it. Um, he's like the, the the linchpin back there on the defense, but he can play up. He can play attacking defender. He can play a mid. He is definitely um, what's missed, and I and I'm looking forward to see what happens here in this upcoming game. Uh, Jordan mentioned that he may be back for Wednesday night's match or not. He said he was feeling good, no pain. The doctors, I think, said pain tolerance is on you, and it sounded like he's ready to go. Yeah, I don't think there's ever a competitor that gets cleared from the doctor and doesn't say I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, so much of um, goalkeeping is, as you know, is is repetition. And you know, I know he's done the repetition with his footwork while his hands been recovering and, and his feet are good. Um, and, and, you know, the great part about it, too, is if you have kind of a, a sense of where you're at, you know, there's been days I've stepped into goal and I knew my hands were off, whether it was an injury or I just didn't have them that day. And now I knew I got to parry the ball. I can't be looking at trying to grab things that are kind of in that in-between space. So is Jordan at a place where they could say, hey, you got it, you're back in and, and get it going? And does that provide a spark? Or is the repetition with his hands at a place where they're not comfortable yet? That's something that, you know, that they have to decide on the inside. Yeah. And I think we will probably find that out Wednesday. I'm assuming right. maybe game time type yeah. decision. It, it's funny. You say about goalkeeping and repetition, Brad, uh, funny story last spring, yeah, coming out of the spring season, son goes into goal and I'm like, he's just off. Something's just not right. And I, at halftime, I said, son, are you okay? Yeah, dad, I'm fine. I'm fine. But his hands were just not reacting like they usually do. Right. Un unbeknownst to dad, uh, he mistook his allergy medicine and took a Benadryl pregame. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank, thank God for repetition. We still won. We still won the game. But it was just like right. everything was like a half second to a second delayed. And I'm like... Right. 
Well, here's, here's one of the things that I always, I, I tell our goalkeepers that come through our camps and I tell our goalkeepers at the ball, and I'll tell anybody that'll listen, is that it's so important to do the exact same warm-up for practice and games with your hands. Because if you change up your warm-up a little bit um, and you're bobbling the ball and it's different, you may attribute that to the fact that it's a little bit different warm-up. But if it's the exact same warm-up, you know when your hands are on, you know when your hands are off because you have this kind of benchmark to measure them on. And so when you're bobbling the ball, doing the exact same warm-up that you, your hands have been really solid on for the last two weeks, you know, hey, this is a day I need to try and box the ball out or parry the ball. And when your hands are unbelievable and they're like glue in that warm-up and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm clicking today. Now it's those ones when I come out in traffic and trying to collect a ball in the air or it's a shot to the side, I'm a little bit more confident in trying to hold it as opposed to play it away. That's words of wisdom that I will make sure my son listens to before <laughs> the episode goes live. No, it, it's, it's good advice. It's great advice. Go ahead, Brad. Well, I, I said, that's great. We added your son to the podcast. Now there's another <laughs> listener. But <laughs> you know, as far as um, words of advice, it, it comes from the fact that I didn't used to do that as a player. And there were times when I thought my hands were on and they weren't. And I tried to hold stuff I shouldn't have. And it cost me and it cost the team. And so when you have this benchmark of this place where you always know I'm on today or I'm off today or I'm right where I need to be, then you make better evaluations when you're actually in the match. That's interesting. So now let's, let's, let's segue that to the game for fans that come to the game early and watch the pregame warmups. Something that they can key on is watching the keepers warming up um, because Andy is very methodical about his warmups Um it is very uh, almost orchestrated. We're going to do this. We're going to do three here. We're going to do half a dozen crosses. Right. And, and that's interesting, Brad, to see that perspective. I just learned something. So I can go with my son, let him see that and say, look, son, look what Jordan's doing. You know, look what Bobby's doing. Every game, it's the same warm-up over and they're getting their muscle memory back. It's kind of like, okay, they know what they can put into the game based on how they feel at pregame warm-up. So right. and it's ahead. just taking a it's taking a variable away. So you know when you're when when Jordan's in goal, you know, when Bobby's in goal, when Eric's in goal, when anybody's in goal, you have all of these variables that are coming. Every time the ball moves, the players move, the in a, the situation changes. Your your tactical brain has to read all of these things every second. And if you're if you don't understand where you are skill-wise, if we're all, I mean, even on the podcast, there's podcasts that you've done. When you say I'm on today, the questions are good. I'm clicked in and there's, there's podcasts you do. It's like, I'm just, I just don't have it today. My word is <laughs> struggling. And, and right. I have that same thing as a color analyst. There's days that, man, I, I can't put a sentence together. And there's other days where it comes out really well. When you know that going in, that takes a variable off the table. And now when there's less variables and you're trying to read the game and strategically, um, you know, tactically identify what's going on, the less variables you can have in your head, the better. It, okay, so let's segue that into last night's Gold Cup game with Matt Turner. Uh, that guy was insane. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sitting there last night with my son. We're high-fiving each other, and I'm like, dude, did you see that? And my son's like, Dad, that was, like, cool. That guy's awesome. You know, he plays at New England. Then he starts giving me all his stats and rundown, and I'm like, 
he's paying attention, but what a tournament he had. Right. Um, right. It, it, it's incredible. I think, you know, you, you take a look at the, the run that the men's team has been on and it's, it's a, an uphill trajectory, which is impressive because that's been a program that is kind of, uh, felt like they've had their, their, their feet in the mud and they just can't get any kind of traction on the international stage. And now it feels like we're, we're kind of turning that corner. And so I'm, I'm so excited about the, the, you know, the next world, the next opportunity for this team to start competing internationally to see where they're at. Um, and I'm, I'm 57 years old and I've not, our, our highlights on the men's side are, Hey, we beat somebody. You know, it's, there's not, I'm 56, not this, Brad. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, there's not we, this list of yeah. trophies and accomplishments. And, and I feel like all of the work we've done on the youth level uh, is, you know, and, and we've said it for decades, but maybe we're starting to turn that corner. Okay. So here's the question, your thoughts, is the men's team back or too early I, or too early? I think it's too early, I, you know, because I tell you, there's so many things involved with it. You look at Indy 11 and, and you, you kind of put them through the same kind of questioning. Are, are they there? And, and you look at the women's team and you may have on paper everything you need to do everything that's on the table. But if the players don't get along, if there's a locker room cancer, if there's a dysfunction, if there's uh, a me versus we attitude, it doesn't matter about the talent. It just, it will self-destruct and implode. So while I look at things on the men's side on paper and I say, I think, I think we're in a pretty good spot. So much of it depends on the stuff that we don't see that goes on behind the scenes is do you pick the guys that may not be the most talented if you're ranking these players but they're the ones that buy in and they're the ones that are going to row the boat in the same direction. There's a big benefit to that over picking the most talented guys that don't get along or don't buy in. I, I, I thought for a second we were going to do a Ted Lasso bit <laughs> with Jamie Tart just for a minute, but that's okay. <laughs> that is a, that, that's a whole other issue, but you're right. Um, team chemistry. You, you can have the best 11 in the world on the field if they don't get along or one of them is me before we, that's a problem. Huge problem. Or buy in or buy in the, the really difficult part when you're putting together any roster. Okay. So take a look at in the 11, you got what, 20 some guys, every one of them comes with a different set of talents, a different set of skills, a different set of pluses and a different set of minuses. If you ask everybody on the roster how they want to play, it's our nature to say, I want to play in the manner that allows me to be the most productive and <laughs> yeah. impactful. And so when you have that and you got 20 guys, you're going to have 20 different ways to play. You know, if you're a pacey winger, of course, you're going to want to use the wings a whole lot more. If you're a target, a big body target, of course, you're going to want to play through the target a whole lot more. And so, the, the difficult part when you're putting any kind of, of team together, and I guess this goes corporately as much as it does on the soccer field, is you know, can you get guys to say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of the things that I'm individually good at for a collective increase in how we can perform as a team? 
I think we saw that last night in the game. Agreed. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a display of 11 players. Well, the whole team that DK could have been upset. He could have spoke his mind. There was a thousand things he could have done, but he didn't. Um, and last and it's night not was just the players, the, co- the coaches have to make those sacrifices too. You know, me as a coach, I want to go in and I want to play a certain way and I want this to happen this way. And yet I may have 90% of the talent that supports the way I want to play, but I don't have a hundred percent. And so I need to maybe adjust and, and, you know, sit a winger a little bit deeper or play a guy a little bit higher because that, that fits us better yet. Philosophically, it doesn't fit me. So it's a sacrifice from everybody, not just the, not just the starters, not just the guys in the bench, the staff, everybody has to have some kind of, of, and I'm, I, I like to call it as, you know, a bucket is that we all have to put more into the bucket than we individually take out. And if we do that, we're going to be stronger as a team. So let's Max Rogers do it. And we kind of see that with his adjustments in the starters, pushing Nikki law up the field where Martin had him kind of in the back, which I thought was refreshing. Um, putting two up front. I'd like to see, Artiaga and Hamilton go at the same time. That might be interesting. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, kind of force the issue time. Just, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch Max because I think he's going through that, Brad. He's like, okay, I've got to find these pieces that work and I've got to put the Max Rogers ideology down for a second and, and look at where my strengths are and, and what we can do to propel forward. Yeah, and a really difficult situation for Max in that, you know, he's brought in, and when you're brought in by a head coach, you're brought in in a philosophy and with this level of players, and no coach matches up item for item. So, you know, Max is a different guy than Martin and would may want to play a little bit differently, but these aren't the players that, you know, he went out and and handpicked. So, it's a really difficult adjustment for the players, for the coaching staff, for, you know, everybody to find that, you know, middle ground where everybody can, you know, can, can be as productive as possible. So that's, you know, Tom, I'd love to get your perspective, a guy that's grown up with soccer as kind of the, the foundation of virtually everything you guys do. Yeah. When you look at this and you've obviously, whatever, club you support back in the UK, you've obviously seen coaching changes and you've seen dysfunction and you've seen teams underperforming. When you look at this scenario and you look at the situation with Max and how we play and how we played under Martin, how we're playing under Max, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I support Newcastle United, so we've seen plenty coaching changes in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, with uh, yeah, Martin was definitely more defensive minded. I think he was always he was always seemed to be cautioned first, um, rather than he was always like uh, the obviously don't get beat sort of approach um, first, rather than let's go out and win this game. He was rather I think he was like yeah, just basically caution cautionary first, and then if if he got to a certain point in the game was still drawn, then maybe maybe he would. Um, gamble a little bit more, but I think I think with with Max, um, 
he definitely he definitely tries to go out there and win the game first and foremost rather than def- uh, defend first. But I still think that they don't know they just know his best eleven, or he's not had his best eleven all available at the same time. Right. But hopefully, in the next few weeks, when we get when we get the likes of uh, Jordan back in goal and obviously Naveel back, um, that'll change. But I would definitely like to see him start uh, Artiaga and Hamilton at the same time, just so we've got two two up there. Yeah, it does change things. I mean, when you're looking at, uh, you're an opposing coach, and you're coming in, you're game planning, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to handle things. And uh, that's what eight, nine goals up top, as opposed to three, four on one day and five on the other. So that that does create some interesting discussions in the opponents, uh, in a coaching room. So, Brad, take us through what's it like game day for you as a color analyst? Obviously, you probably do a lot of homework. Um, but what's it like game day with Greg on the sideline doing your thing pre-game, post-game? Yeah, game day is is awesome. I think, you know, heading into game day, I try to watch two to three, um, re-watch two to three of the last Indy 11 matches to see any kind of trends or, or ways that things are, are moving or changing. And I try to watch two to three uh, matches of whoever we're playing to see the same kinds of things, spiking, you know, what kind of changes – you know, what was really interesting with Birmingham last time is the two to three matches that Birmingham played before they played us. And the last time they played us, they came out this last time in a completely different way of playing, which is awesome. I love stuff like that. I love thinking of what that next chess move is. And so, you know, doing that kind of homework in advance, it helps me to kind of have um, ideas in my head of what each coach and each team are thinking then when it comes to game day, you know, I'll get there, you know, two to three hours beforehand. We check in with production, you know, the, the, the benefit I have that I don't know that a lot of color analysts have is Craig Ricks. Uh, the guy is freaking unbelievable. He yeah. knows everything, doesn't forget a thing. And the thing that, that people don't see that watch the broadcast is he's not working off of notes when he is giving dates and you know i'll say oh i you know i think neville scored a, a header he'll be like yeah it was it was uh, june 5th in st louis on uh, it, it's it's unbelievable so oh, wow. i get the luxury of at getting to work with a guy that is as professional uh, of a person as i've worked with in any capacity at any level in, involved in soccer and so my game days become pretty easy. It's me just being a fan and and talking to Greg. That's awesome. That yeah, yeah that he has that ability uh, just to pull that stuff out without having to shuffle through papers. And... It's a sickness. It's not an ability. It's a sickness. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> hey, we're lucky to have him. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I cannot think. You know, ha- having you know now I'm like 140 games in, but having not been a color wow. analyst. You know, just been a guy that sits on my couch or sits in my office and watches games and analyze them. I can't think of a better guy to have, you know, to to get me to the place where I'm at right now. Well, maybe we'll have to convince him to come on the show if this thing goes where it should be going. Absolutely. I'll push him in that direction. Just let me know. <laughs> All we can do is ask, right? No, I would, I would just sit back and say, okay, Greg, show is yours. 
entertain us for 45 minutes or so. That's, that's the crazy thing. We'll get in our headsets. We'll get something like, uh, okay, things are, the interview didn't last or the players aren't here. You got to go for five minutes, go. And he just goes. Wow. And you'd never know it. If, and we watch the broadcast or we watch the game. You'd never know that it's not unscripted or it's not notes or it's not something that happened in production. There are, there are glitches that happen and he's got to fill a couple minutes and no problem. Incredible. Yeah. It's I, I, I must admit, I definitely enjoy you two, you two guys um, on the commentary. Like um, I had a little, pa- had a little panic attack in the last game because at first the stream wasn't working exactly. And then when it did come on, there was no, there was no commentary. There was just like the sound of the BYB. Yeah, I saw, I saw oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I saw your tweet about that. Yep. Yeah. So Brad, I mean, we've, we've unpacked a lot. Um, and obviously we can unpack a lot more. Uh, we we're, we're kind of running low on time and I, and I do apologize, but obviously we want to have you back as a guest. I mean, this has been happy to, uh, it was great. Cause we talked in the 11, we talked some of the gold cup, we just talked soccer. And, and I think the more that we just talk soccer as fans, it's just better for the community. Uh, overall, it brings people together from all different backgrounds. It brings us back united under one thing where we can go on to cheer um, cheer for our, our boys in blue, obviously. Um, I just hope we hear something about a new stadium. Yeah. People are getting restless. I get it. Um, I've heard comments, good, bad, and different about what's going on. And I'm not even going to bring those up here. I just kind of wish something would be said, at least get us moving in the right direction. Um, or we have something to look forward to, but I understand those wheels don't exactly turn quickly either. Um, right. There's right. probably a lot going on that none of us will ever know. And, and, and that's fine too. I, I will say the front office has been very accommodating to this podcast. They've been in constant contact with us. Uh, we're thinking about, and I want to get your opinion. I, I was actually thinking, talking to my wife and bouncing ideas off her about starting where youth soccer players from all over Indiana get to write questions and then interview their favorite player. Um, kind of bringing that to the podcast. I, I, I think that would be pretty awesome. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's, it's awesome on a couple of different levels. I, you know, when you look at pro soccer, when I was growing up, it felt like this untouchable, unreachable mountain. And I think one of the great things that this league has done and that, you know, Indy 11 in particular has done is it's made pro soccer reachable, attainable, invisible for kids that dream of going at this level. And so anytime that we can connect them, I think the, the value is not just a, a deeper connection to the club, which benefits the club, but a more real, a more real and reachable dream for kids that's going to keep them motivated. I mean, if you think you've got a chance of getting to this level, and you start connecting and following players and players are answering your questions and the team is connected to you. Um, when you look at your disposable time, are you going to spend it in the weight room? Or are you going to spend it doing something different? Are you going to, are you going to spend it out getting yourself better? Or are you going to do something that might be a little bit sideways that, you know, if you, if you had a goal, if you had a dream to chase, uh, 
you know, you, you may not, you may not go down that road. So I think it has a positive impact for the club. I think it has a positive impact for players. And I think it's got a positive impact for our culture because the more we can spend time chasing dreams and doing things that, that really inspire us, the better we're going to be. Definitely. Um, one last question, Brad, Ted Lasso, yes or no? A hundred percent. Yes. I don't even have Apple TV. This is the, I have to, I have to live Ted Lasso vicariously through Twitter, highlight oh. clips, things that people share with me because I don't have Apple TV. Ted Lasso is such a big yes. I may get Apple TV. I think, yeah. I think you need to get Apple TV. Then I think we need to start a petition to get you on Ted Lasso. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, I, you know, that, that can't be. You know, <laughs> I don't think we'll get I, I don't think we'll get one person on this podcast who'll come on and say no, no to that question. Hey, folks, I want to give a big thanks to Brad Howder for joining the show today. Uh, Brad can be heard locally at Wish TV as a color analyst doing the Indy 11 games. Also, he's the head coach of DePaul men's soccer and quite the goalkeeper. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones.